Welcome back to Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It reads, I must go on boasting, though there's nothing to be gained by it. I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up in the third heaven. Whether in body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast, except of my weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool. For I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness." Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I have been a fool, you have forced me to it, for I ought to have been commended by you. For I was not at all inferior to these super-apostles, even though I am nothing." The signs of a true apostle were performed among you with utmost patience, with signs and wonders and mighty works. For in what were you less favored than the rest of the churches, except that I myself did not burden you? Forgive me this wrong. Here for the third time I am ready to come to you, and I will not be a burden, for I seek not what is yours, but you." For children are not obligated to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. I will most gladly spend and be spent for your souls. If I love you more, am I to be loved less? But granting that I myself did not burden you, I was crafty, you say, and got the better of you by deceit. Did I take advantage of you through any of those whom I sent to you? I urged Titus to go and sent the brother with him. Did Titus take advantage of you? Did we not act in the same spirit? Did we not take the same steps? Have you been thinking all along that we have been defending ourselves to you? It is in the sight of God that we have been speaking in Christ, and all for your upbuilding, beloved. For I fear that perhaps when I come, I may find you not as I wish, and that you may find me not as you wish, that perhaps there may be quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. I fear that when I come again, my God may humble me before you, and I may have to mourn over many of those who sinned earlier and have not repented of the impurity, sexual immorality, and sensuality that they have practiced. So, Chad, as we kind of uh, alluded to this yesterday, chapter 12 really picks up and focuses in on the fact that the weakness of Paul is what allows him to be made much of. And specifically, we see here a very clear instance of the fact that God is not always focused on pulling you out of a trial as much as he is using and growing you through that process. And so Paul has a very specific to him event that he explains that he leaves some of the details that we might want to know in the background and in a way that we don't really fully understand everything for Paul in this situation. But it's a very real situation to him that allows him to say, this is how I know God is at work in me, and this is what it allows God to do through me. And so let's develop that today as we walk through here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. This is a passage I think I love it. I hate it. And what I mean by that is that some of what you experience and you get to read in God's word, you're like, man, this is awesome. But then you start unpacking the details. You're like, oh, I don't know if I want that for my life. I don't know if I want to actually 
go through that. When you're reading God's Word, remember, real people are writing these words. Real people are going through these experiences. So when Paul is penning these words, it's not like he had this dream or this distant uh, memory. Like, no, I think this is very personal and real for Paul. And so what's interesting is like when this chapter starts, he talks about this revelation he's given. He's talking about just how great it is, how uh, he's just amazed by it. And you think, oh man, that would be fantastic to have. And it wasn't Paul like seeking after. It wasn't that Paul was like, God, give me something really great, really awesome. No, it's God's grace to actually pour down his life to actually provide this for him. So in verse 7, becomes a little confusing because it says, so to keep me from being conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelation, a thorn was given me in the flesh. You're like, what? (laughs) Like, so what basically Paul is saying is God gave him this great thing, but he doesn't want Paul to be prideful. He doesn't want Paul to become conceited. He doesn't want Paul to become so self-focused. So to make sure that doesn't happen, Paul didn't actually do this. He hadn't become prideful or conceived to this point, but to keep him from that, that God actually brought an affliction in his life, a hardship. And just think about the description. A thorn was given me in the flesh, a message of Satan to harass me, to keep me from being conceited. And what you see is like the nature of it. When you look at a thorn, what he's really describing is like, there's something that was causing me great, great pain. Some of us have thorns in our foot. And if you have a thorn in your foot, uh, like I remember as a kid, like, man, walking on that thing was painful. It was a constant reminder of like, oh, I have this thing in my foot and it's causing me pain. Every movement you make. And so when you have that thorn, the thing is, I want to get that thing out of there. I want to get that thing removed to take that pain away. If not, I'm always going to be reminded. So you can just imagine the anguish that Paul was having because I don't think he's just equating to like this little thorn in my foot. I think he's saying like, no, it's a greater thorn than that. It was something that was causing me immense pain and was even impeding my function. I mean, like if you have a thorn in your foot, you start limping around. You're probably not going to go run around and play a football game or a baseball game or just do normal activities. No, you're, you're going to limp around. It's going to slow you down. It's going to hinder. And then say a messenger of Satan to harass me. And when you're looking at that, again, if we remind what Satan, like he wants to impede the work of God. And so Paul's saying like, I want to do this ministry. And yet I feel like, I mean, this thing is keeping me from it. It's harassing me in such a way. But then you can see Paul's purpose or what God's purpose is to keep me from being conceited. Meaning like it's helping him to be humbled in life. And so he starts seeing that. But look at verse 8. It says, three times I plead with the Lord about this. I mean, he's coming petitioning to the Lord. And I, I bet you've been in that situation. I know I have. Where it's like this constant pleading like, Lord, help me. Take this out of my life. Remove this. This is too hard. This is not. This is something that actually hinders my ability to live for you. And so we come and you think about Paul. I mean, Paul healed people. Like Paul was, had a ministry of healing people. He had a ministry of like uh, taking evil spirits out of people. He had this experience of being able to do that. And yet he can't take this own thing out of whatever's going on in his life. He can't remove it. He can't make it go away. And he's going to God and the three pleads isn't like, oh, I just said, I said a prayer three times. I know it's a plead that he's passionate about. 
And he's like, Lord, take this away. Take this away. Take this away. And finally, you see Christ actually answer him clearly and specifically. He says, and what's Christ's answer is, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. And what the underlying thing is, is I'm not going to take this away from you, Paul. I'm actually going to let my power, my power is actually going to overcome. What you think is actually hindering you, my power is actually going to do a work in your life, and it's ultimately going to continue to allow my work to continue. And so, I, so I've been in those situations, and you might be going through severe pain, and you have no end in sight. It could be something physical. It could be maybe relationships. Maybe you've been ostracized by your friends. Maybe there's people who just are after you. Maybe it's a physical ailment. Maybe you're born with something, or maybe uh, that you have a long-term injury or long-term pain, and it just seems like, oh, if this would go away, then I could do this, or I could do more for God. You gotta remember, like, no, actually, Christ uses that and uses His power in the middle of that to actually keep you persevering, to keep you, uh, help you to be faithful, and then He uses your life um, to actually impact so many others. And one person that I come to um, should do some. If you want to do some extra reading, some extra research, uh, look up Johnny Erickson Tata. She is a woman that is paralyzed, has been paralyzed. She was actually around most of your ages when she was paralyzed. She was paralyzed as a teenager. And she accounts in what that meant and how devastating that was. But God and his power has used her incredibly. One, saved her. She was an unbeliever and used that to actually bring her to salvation. Then two, what it did is like she's made an impact. An impact on uh, other people kids and adults with disabilities, but ultimately an uh, impact for the gospel that continues to spare, bear fruit. And she's now can testify like, yeah, I don't want God necessarily to heal me if that would impede his work. And she has every uh, belief that her healing is going to come on the other side of eternity. It will go away. There will be no more tears, no more suffering. That healing will come, but it's not going to be in this lifetime. And for her to remain faithful and steadfast is a greater testimony to hit the work of Christ's power that she's remained faithful with such a major trial. And so that's what you have to remember when Paul talks about that. I'm content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, claiming for when I'm weak, that I am strong. It's not self-strong, self-sufficiency. It's that, no, actually it makes me more dependent and rely on God's power, which is sufficient for all of life. And um, so, you know, I mean, Lee, we can talk about different personal struggles, but I know that was a truth. Again, the truth that I love, but also know like, okay, if God's power is going to be more displayed in my life, that means my weaknesses are going to have to come to light, more prevalent and added to me. Like there's going to be added weaknesses as I, uh, stay more faithful to the Lord. And so, I don't know, what, how's that impact your thinking, Lee, as you're thinking about, like, not not the most uh, hopeful, great truth that we think about when we're talking about the Bible, like, in order for God's power to show up is we're going to have to actually be weaker. That's great, Chad. And it's definitely one of those things that it's really fun to read about, but then you're like, wait, now this is actually going to impact my life. Um, and you start to see that. And one of the things that I always think of as I read this passage, another word that pops up is just the word humility. Um, and it's the concept of the fact that I don't know everything, 
but I trust in the God who does. And so I trust that I move forward humbly, understanding my place before him. And I know personally for me, uh, and I've shared this with students at different times, and so maybe some of our listeners have heard this before, but, you know, growing up, I was very much a math science kid. Like, those were my wheelhouse. Didn't matter what was happening in school, I was killing those classes. But we all know that's not all of school. There's also this whole, like, reading language and all those other sides And that was something I was really not good at. And I actually had a speech impediment as a kid. I had to go to special therapy classes because my family moved around all the time. I was getting shuffled through these systems and trying to learn different ways to talk and how to actually like form every letter in my mouth as like a fourth and fifth grader where everybody else has been doing that for years. So I was always really self-conscious about the fact that I sound weird when I talk And I don't do this like everybody else does. So fast forward to like middle and high school. And that's really what you care about is how does everybody else perceive me? What are the perceptions that they have of me? How do I look around these people? So I hated things that involved me speaking, hated things that involved me standing in front of people. And now that's what I do for a living, stand in front of people and talk. And it's one of those things that I really had to wrestle with. And this is one of the passages that God was using to say, hey, if I wanted to put Lee on display, I would just want to continue to use the things that you're really good at. The fact that you're really good with math and science and you can do these things like engineering or architecture or other things that are using those. But I always want you to remember The fact that I'm trying to use an imperfect person. And so your willingness to say, hey, here am I in all of my weaknesses, all of my imperfections, all of the ways in which I have to trust you, God, to use these imperfections for you and your kingdom allows it to be where I don't get very puffed up very fast to say, hey, this is not about me because at any moment in time, and Chad, you can testify to this sitting across me as we're recording this, I make up words as I'm talking, words go together, all these other things. It doesn't always come out natural. It doesn't always come out the way that you want it to come out uh, because we have the ability to just go and edit these things. And I've just totally messed up on this section here. But as you're thinking through that, I have that benefit to do that in this opportunity as we're working through this podcast. But not every time when I stand up in front of kids or in students or parents or even the entire church do you have that ability. But in those moments that I'm standing on the side waiting to walk up on this stage, I'm praying, hey, God, use me this morning for your kingdom and glory purpose. Put yourself on display in these people's lives so that they can be changed by the transforming power of your grace. May nothing that I say or do detract from what you're trying to do with these people. And so it's this focus on saying, hey, I want to be your messenger. I want to come up here and say your word to these people, but I don't want to put Lee on display. This is not the Lee show. It's not the Chad show. It's not the Jeff show. It's not any of those things, but we're all men who are desiring to be used by God despite our weaknesses so that his kingdom and glory can expand. And Paul really puts that on display here. And I love that. And I really just think that it's so good for us to remember God is not looking for perfect people but he's looking for people who are willing to be used despite their imperfections and who understand the totality, if even in ways in which it's still growing, but the totality of his grace and how amazing that is, that each day we grow and respond to that as we're living our life for the Lord. And so it's a big encouragement, but it's also a big challenge when you realize, hey, it means that my life is not going to be 
this life of perfection, that I'm going to have to work through weakness, that I'm going to have to work through all of these different things so that God is able to use me. And as we think about that today, I really challenge you as our listeners to reflect on that. How is it that God is able to use you in your weakness? Talk and encourage other people around you with how you see God building you up and strengthening you despite your weaknesses so that you're relying on him in greater ways, so that you're trusting in him in greater ways, so that you're willing to walk out in faith and do things for God that you would not be willing to do if it were all about you and all your own choosing. And as you encourage one another with those things today, I pray that you would be brought to a point that you're able to see and understand that you are someone that God is desiring to use, even in your weakness, for his kingdom and glory. Know today you are loved.